Welcome back to the Connecting Minds podcast. Christian Jordanov here. Today we have a returning guest, Alex Craner. Uh, Alex, thanks for coming back, bro. Hey, it's my pleasure, Chris. Uh, uh, always good to connect again. And warm greetings yeah. from Monaco to all the viewers and listeners. Yeah, man. Great to have you on. Um, it's been, I don't know, si I guess six, seven months or so since we last spoke. Is that um, right? Or maybe maybe less. I don't know. Maybe it was April or May. Maybe, maybe less. Just time is a blur, you know, yes. when you kind of, especially when you have a small child. To me, like <laughs> every day, every day it's, it's I know. Uh, extremely vibrantly unique and different, but it also feels like the same thing every day. So yes. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but um, yeah. Let's. I guess let's uh, let's talk about. I guess what's interesting to me is what the hell is going on in the world. I know you would be much more informed than myself because maybe maybe for the last year or so, I've kind of decided to just plunge myself into my health work for the most part, and I've been doing less research on other events and stuff like that. And to be perfectly honest, I've been feeling a lot happier. A lot, a lot less like um, the world is ending. Even the last time we spoke, I was probably coming out of some kind of depression that I was in last year over, the, you know, the apocalypse, World War Three, the population, and so on and so forth. So, uh, do you want to kind of give us your view of what the sort of stuff that going on going around Gaza and Palestine? What is in the grand scheme of things? What is going on there? What piece of the puzzle were we looking at there? Some of the things that are going on, we will never know, because I strongly suspect that this was planned and provoked. This, you know, the the seven October two thousand twenty-three uh, terror attack by Hamas on Israel. And the reason why I suspect that it's a <clears throat> that it was provoked and planned is because I have now seen four different testimonials from Israeli soldiers or members of the Israeli intelligence who have, and one of them is actually a personal friend of mine with whom I I, I spoke about this, who have said that it's just simply not possible that this magnitude of a failure just happened and that Hamas terrorists were able to breach Israeli border in 15 places and rampage around for seven or eight hours. Um, they told me, my friend who was part of the Israeli intelligence working at the Gaza border, uh, she told me that they knew every little thing that Hamas was doing, that they had 100 uh, human assets in Gaza close to Hamas. They knew everything. Uh, we also know that the Israelis had warnings from the Egyptian intelligence that something would imminently happen from the U.S. intelligence that something would imminently happen. Uh, I have found an interview on Al Jazeera by um, Hamas's number two, who is, who, is, who is actually 
stationed in the West Bank. I forget his name right now, but he was giving an in, he gave an interview to Al Jazeera in September, so less than a month. I think it was 12 September that this interview aired, less than a month before the attacks. And he was talking about them actually actively planning uh, attacks in Israel. And these attacks were planned for, depending on who you ask, for, for a year or even two years. And so there was, there was, there was a, a whole series of unlikely failures that made it possible for this to happen, which kind of leads you to the conclusion that they let it happen. And they let it happen because what they are doing now, and what are we, 22 October, uh, they've been bombing Gaza for, what, 12, 13 days, about a 1,000 bombs a day. Jeez. They've killed thousands of people in Gaza, four, 5,000 people. I, it's hard to keep up. Um, that this is what they wanted to do, that this is exactly what they wanted to do. Uh, they launched attacks into Lebanon. They launched attacks into Syria mul multiple times. It's almost as if they want to escalate things to the max, that they want to precipitate some kind of a regional conflagration. And, you know, if they're doing something that risky, that reckless, and destructive, then there has got to be some kind of a rationale behind it. It's not random because, you know, Israel, let's face it, Israel does have other options. They did have other options. For example, there was a group of terrorists that attacked Israel on 7th October. Well, they were Hamas militants. Okay, so one of the things that Israel did was they cut off water, fuel, food, medicine, electricity to Gaza, and then they started bombing. Could they not have done the same, cut off water, fuel, electricity, medicine, uh, fuel, f food, uh, and then said, okay, now you're going to hand over the ones who did this, and we want an independent investigation, and we want Israeli investigators and international investigators to be on the team, to go into Gaza, to find these people, to apprehend them, to, and to bring them to just, justice, right? Mm -hmm. That was an option. And, you know, if you cut people off from food and water and fuel and electricity, then, you know, they might say, okay, you can have these people. What they've done was horrible, and we're going to help you identify them and arrest them and bring them to, to justice in Israel. But they didn't even ask for that. They just went straight on for, for maximum damage. And so, to my mind, there, there has got to be a, a rationale of why this is being done. And I tend to try to see the thing not just as a conflict between Palestinians and Israelis, because this has been going on for a very long time, but in the in the broader in the broader scheme of things and it seems to me mm -hmm. that the that the event strangely coincided with a the west finally 
realizing that their their whole gambit in Ukraine uh, has failed and that right now there's not even a theoretical chance of them salvaging Ukraine and Ukraine was extremely important to them you know they they the polish uh, president said that if we lose Ukraine we lose the world for generations you know their whole their whole scheme their global world order that they were going to expand and you know make it the the new the new world order has actually collapsed on them so they needed so? Uh, they needed to open a new front and then at the same time you know uh, the government of benjamin netanyahu was uh, in deep deep trouble and he himself was in a short order would have been swept out of power and and uh, almost certainly ended up in prison so it was you know it's kind of convenient for him and then i think that opening the second front uh in the pacific against china i th- it, it seems to me that they changed their mind and the the reason why i think that is because uh through the summer we had a whole series of visits between american uh you know diplomats and and the you know they went to china to talk to china and and, and a lot of it was very very bizarre uh you know they were giving very these very strange statements very bellicose statements blinken went there made a mess of things and then uh, right after him um uh, janet yellen went there and that was bizarre because we we don't really know what what was decided there she was there for 4 days i think she didn't meet with xi jinping but she met with the with other government officials with the ministry of finance and and others and neither the chinese nor the american gave any mm, clarification of what all that was about but you know so we we are obliged to read between the lines but it seems to me that China has financial leverage over the United States that is you know they still own something like 7 800 billion dollars of uh, worth of China uh, w- worth of US bonds and uh, the United States is in in a, in a fiscal mess uh American government is 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 getting deeper and deeper into debt um this month they added I think 500 billion dollars in the space of 18 days. Uh so the the public debt is at um almost 34 trillion dollars. It's over 30, 33 trillion dollars, close to the 34. Um interest rates are going up, so the debt servicing cost is rising. They blew We don't really know how much how many billions in in Ukraine they say 100 and what 15 whatever but I think it's I think it's I think it's more than that because I remember a Reuters a Reuters article when when the US government was saying something like 90 billion the Reuters article said something like 160 billion so it's probably more than what we know and none of it went well so 
you know, if they were, if they would escalate in China over Taiwan, then there was the risk that A, they already knew that militarily they couldn't win, but B, China could just dump all of the U.S. Treasury bonds, which would collapse its price, which would uh, uh, further increase the interest rates on the markets, and it would, you know, it would oblige uh, it would oblige the Federal Reserve to just simply print dollars and monetize U.S. debt out of thin air, which brings back inflation. So it's a whole mess. And I think that consequently, maybe opening a new front in the Middle East was the preferable option. And there they have the, their little lapdog, you know, Israel. Israel has their own lapdog there in the region, which is Hamas. And I, I, I you know, I suspect that the... the the war and the carnage that we're witnessing now were planned and orchestrated. Uh, another reason why I think this is because of what we know about Hamas, that, you know, Hamas is, is the creation of uh, Israeli secret services of the Israeli government. We know that they receive funding from Israel, from the United States, from Qatar. And obviously, you know, the, the one who pays the piper calls the tune. And so I, I think that the, the inner sanctum, the, the, the top leadership of Hamas are Western agents. They are, you know, they're wrapping themselves in the, in the flag of Islam, whatever. But, and I think that a lot of, a lot of people in Gaza who are members of Hamas as a, you know, as a political party and as, a, as, as their military wing are probably young men who earnestly want to break out of that open air prison. But the, you know, the top of the pyramid are Western agents. So they will give directives probably in response to whatever they coordinate with with the you know the mossads the cias the mi6s of this world and so at this point in time detonating a war in the middle east was convenient to you know to netanyahu to the americans to nato to <coughs> quite a few quite a few parties in the west so that's why I suspect that this is a planned, contrived attempt to destabilize the Middle East, to draw, to turn it into a wider regional war, because, you know, everything that the Israeli government is doing is aimed at doing that. You know, if they, if you wanted to precipitate a wider regional war, then you would do exactly as, as the Israeli government is doing. You know, and then, you know, you have the Western powers like the EU, Great Britain, France, and uh, the United States, who are on two occasions shot down the United Nations resolution calling for a ceasefire. The White House gave 
their employees and the media instructions not to mention the words ceasefire, de-escalation, things like this. So it's it's very, very weird that they actually don't want to de-escalate. They don't want, how do you call it, a ceasefire and a, and a mellowing out of the tensions. And now we see that Joe Biden is trying to use the U.S. support for Israel as a trump card to get funding for Ukraine. So, you know, they, they made the big package of $100 billion, which then turned into $105 billion because, hey, you know, like if you're asking for 100, why not ask for 105? Throw in just a, another 5 billion. What's that for a good measure? Yeah. And, uh, and put it in a single, in a single package so that, you know, you give something to the supporters of Israel, you give something to the supporters of, of Ukraine, you throw in a little, you know, little something for the, for the border in the South. And so, you know, in those $105 billion, everybody, you know, finds something interesting for themselves. And then you try to prolong the agony of Ukraine with what? They're planning to give Ukraine another $60 billion. So it, it, it all seems extremely strange. And I find it absolutely revolting that in the whole process, the people of Palestine and the people of Israel are being just used as cannon fodder, as sacrificial pawns. And it's it's as though people who are orchestrating these things absolutely don't care. And we know that they don't care because we saw, you know, how the how the whole pandemic thing went in Israel. They they use them as lab rats. Uh, Netanyahu was boasting about using Israel as the as the largest uh, I forget his words exactly, but he was boasting about this in the World Economic Forum, how Israel was going to be the largest live experiment for the mRNA vaccines and yeah, so yeah. forth. Not a care in the world about what if this is actually harm har- harmful to my people. Yeah. So you know he's he has shown his color that he's a loyalist to this, you know, uh, globalist cabal, which you know is 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 running the world into into the mess that it is today. But anyway, you know, these are all the reasons why I think that. Things are not what they seem. We will probably never know the full truth because this this is one of those awful events that people don't really own up to. Meaning, you know, people still pretend like they don't they're not comfortable about talking about nine eleven, what happened then. And people are still not comfortable talking about who assassinated John F. Kennedy or Robert F. Yeah. Kennedy, uh, MLK. You know, this is all the stuff that, you know, the elephant in the room that you must pretend not to see. And so I think that the the events in Israel will probably fall in that category. They're going to contrive the official account that nobody really believes, but everybody's going to go on pretending that that's what, what it was. Never forget and never mention anything about what happened, actually. Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. And... Um, Okay, anyhow, you know, as awful as all that sounds, I, I'm actually 
optimistic about where we're going because what we see is you know the 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 ongoing collapse of the of the old systems old structures of power you know the imperial colonial structures of power ruling the west who are now losing control of the situation and you know they're opposed by most of the rest of the humanity you know we saw that you know i i think that just a few years ago no i mean maybe just a year ago or two years ago before joe biden was in the white house the idea that you know uh, the president of egypt the president of the uh, palestinian authority and and jordanian king would actually snub the president of the united states who flew over and he was going to go to Amman in Jordan to meet with the Jordanian king, with the president al-Sisi of Egypt and the Mahmoud Abbas of the Palestinian Authority. And all three of them said, like, no, we don't want to talk to you. You know, that that these... So, you know, what it tells you is that they are, they are losing the loyalty and and respect of much of the rest of the world. And then on top of that, they have three major powers that are now opposed to them in in real ways being Russia, China and and Iran. And so, you know, somebody's sitting at the table with a pair of twos and they've lost all their chips. And now it seems to me that their only hope is to overturn the table and create such a mess that maybe they can somehow squeeze their way out intact. A new, a new world order is coming, and it's not going to be their order. And I think it's going to be better for everybody involved, except for you know the 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 globalist cabal, the the, the banking oligarchy in in London and on Wall Street. So you don't you don't think it's a controlled collapse? You think they are collapsing? No, no, I think they are collapsing. I think that's. I think that's obvious because not only are they, are, are, are they losing on the geopolitical plane, they are also being increasingly aggressive in the, in, in their, with their domestic populations. You know, we see this knee-jerk reflex to to more and more aggressive censorship they're trying to silence people who say who basically who tell the truth they're forbidding protests against this and against that they 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 it really seems that they've lost the plot and that the world is turning against them look uh, germans the Brits, the French, they forbid demonstrations uh, in support of the Palestinian people. And you have an absolute flood of people in, in, in British, in French, in German cities demonstrating in support of the Palestinian people. Uh, they say, oh, these are Hamas supporters. I, I don't think anybody is really a Hamas supporter. Anybody who's paying attention wouldn't support Hamas, but they do support the Palestinian people nonetheless. 
and the fact that the governments forbid it, well, so what are you going to do about it? You're going to arrest like 100,000 people? What are you <laughs> going to do? So, you know, they're losing, they're losing authority at home. And their, you know, their security, their hold on power largely de- depends on our compliance. You know, they cannot, they cannot force millions of their people, you know, millions of French, British, Germans, Italians, Span- Spaniards. You cannot force them to do what they don't want to do. You have to kind of sell them a story, sell them a narrative and kind of coerce them into compliance. But if that doesn't work, then you lost. So they're losing the war games and they're losing control at home. They overplayed their hand and even the the most asleep people are starting to ask questions nowadays. Yes, maybe. exactly, exactly. They overplayed their hands massively. And in in a way that makes them look extraordinarily stupid and then you know you you lose respect well remember world economic forum just a few years ago there were these powerful people who met in davos and then they pronounced their you know plans and agendas and this and that and whatever and we were all just you know every january watching it what's going to come out of the world economic forum and and now they've become a laughing stock and now there's a lot of people who used to go to the World Economic Forum who don't want to be seen there anymore. Yeah. So I think the whole thing is is rapidly coming apart, and the way they're reacting to it, you know, with 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 panic and with this frenzy, there. It, it seems to me that they're even accelerating their own demise. Yeah, you know, I, I I've noticed you you have a lot of positivity in your um sub stack i don't know is it a newsletter i don't know what you what, what that thing is called but um if you guys haven't subscribed to alex's sub stack make sure you subscribe his articles are really top notch and alex i noticed you're you are quite positive recently you're you were talking <clears throat> talking about cbd cbdc's why they have no future and that's one thing i'm like I'm like thinking to myself, God, when this stuff comes, I'm going to have to, you know, resist for as long as possible. So I'm thinking, I'm already thinking, what? how am I going to like barter for eggs and stuff like that and, and get like basic necessities from a family? And I'm thinking to myself, I, I'm pretty handy. People need some handy work around their homes. I'm gonna, That's how I'm going to get my eggs and my tomatoes and stuff like that. What do you think? I okay so my article is my my contention is that CBDCs will fail and the reason why I think that is because okay so let's first differentiate between CBDCs and electronic money because electronic money is the stuff that we already have you know we you know uh, you use your credit card instead of cash, you're paying with electronic money. And yeah. so, you know, it's one thing if they try to deprive us uh, of cash by forcing us all to use only electronic money. And that's bad. But CBDCs are a different thing. 
you know, CBD stands for Central Bank Digital Currency. They're issued by central banks, right? And every individual and every company would have an account with the central bank. So no longer your, you know, uh, Bank of America or, uh, you know, Bank Paribas or Credit Suisse, whatever it may be, but an account with your country's central bank. And then they would eliminate the banks altogether. So, you know, going back to the Soviet system, this is what they had in Soviet times, except it wasn't electronic, it was cash. The, these currencies are intended to be programmable. That's the thing. And they wanted to attach like a whole system of uh, permits and quotas and restrictions that they could that they could restrict your access to your money because maybe you overstepped your carbon quota you know, remember they were going to have individual yeah. carbon trackers yeah. or uh, you know you you're not uh, compliant with your vaccine schedules or whatever you know whatever rule they decide they're going to implement then they could you know, coerce you to comply by restricting your access to your own money. Or they could say, you may only, from now on, you can only have 100 grams of protein per week. And mm -hmm. then if you try to buy that second burger or, you know, cricket burger, then they say, no, uh, next week, maybe. So that's what they, that's what their intent is. And, you know, I spend number of years in my life working on uh, on development of, of relatively complex software systems. And so I, I have had first-hand experience in how extraordinarily difficult it is to build quality, robust, functional systems that are well-designed, that function smoothly, that are easy to maintain, and that have, you know, an evolution, uh, yeah. you know, there's a life cycle to that. It's very, very difficult. Oh, yeah. And what they're trying to build is simply insanely ambitious. And, you know, so I've been, I've been saying this for quite a while, that this is never going to happen because the whole thing is demented. You know, if you, if you think that you're going to, have control over like hundreds of millions or billions of people and you're going to be implementing these rules about how much of this or that they can have and they have to have vaccines and not this and did they have a speeding ticket, la, la, la. It's just crazy. This is never going to happen. And, and then you have to keep it secure. You have to keep it safe from hackers. I mean, forget it, Christian. It's yeah, just bro, simply, I, this is just simply science fiction and we are light years <laughs> away from it. And then, you know, I just recently learned that this year we had this, actually, they ran the, their, their first large-scale uh, test case of introducing a CBDC in Nigeria. 
and oh, yes, uh, apparently that. Nigeria was chosen by by the by the Biden and somebody in the Biden administration. And I think that the reason why they chose Nigeria is because it's a relative, you know, like it's a large market, 200 million people. But most of the people there don't have bank accounts. So there are no, you know, complex records that you have to transfer from banks to mm-hmm. this, the, the, the central bank. And and so they went with this. And uh, well, it started with the with the referendum in Nigeria, where they asked people whether they want C- CBDC. 99.5% of the people said <laughs> no. And then the president of Nigeria issued an executive order saying like, well, we're doing it anyway. Never mind what you think, plebs. Yeah, whatever you want, uh, we're doing it anyway. And then, uh, you know, the, the central bank governor, he was in charge of the project, but he, you know, he got top-notch advisors from the IMF and from, from the World Economic Forum and from another organization called, I forget, Administration for Industry and Technology, something like this, you know. And, you know, they chose this uh, hyperledger architecture. You know, this really was supposed to be a case study of success for CBDCs. So they gave it their best. The whole thing imploded in the space of 108 days. And they went hard, you know. They they made, uh, they announced that everybody had to convert all their nairas, naira is the name of the Nigeria currency, tender, you know, returned it to the bank, converted into e-naira, this new CBDC. Mm-hmm. And they gave them like a date by, you know, and after that date, all the nairas were worthless. You could only use the e-nairas. It created complete chaos in the country. <laughs> it destroyed a lot of businesses because, you know, oh, people didn't really, you know, about 20% of people converted their money, others didn't. And then from one day to the next, the, the, the paper cash became worthless. You couldn't use it anymore. And people didn't have anything else. So the businesses that depended on, you know, most of the small businesses Jeez. around the country went bust. They had to shut down because people didn't have money to pay for anything. They couldn't transact. And then people, you know, invented using matchsticks and other ways. They, they, you know, pe- people patched up. They, they started creating, you know, al- alternative markets and, you know, entrepreneurs yeah. gave people longer credit lines to pay back later. And, you know, the economy kind of uh, resurrected itself slowly. Yeah. But this whole experiment failed and it failed miserably. And in large part, it's about because of the problems that I was talking about. It's it's extremely difficult to do this. And what happens if you don't, you know, if you if you try to force people into something that's unclear, inconvenient, uh, overly restricted, people reject it. They start forming gray markets and black markets. Mm-hmm. And what happens there is that you know these black markets start to evolve very rapidly because they're they're catering to the unmet needs in the in the in the you know let's call it legitimate government sanctioned markets and they also become very attractive to the people and to the entrepreneurs 
you know, because they function like real free markets. So whatever people need, some entrepreneur is going to think like, well, this is a way for me to make money. And then they, you know, they bring it to the market and people know that they can find it there. And so, you know, if you, if you do that, the next thing that happened is that the government fiscal position goes from bad to a lot worse because they don't collect any taxes on black market transactions. So it's a huge problem for the government. And this is why the governments cannot tolerate a failed system for more than so long because they cannot fund the government uh, agencies anymore. They cannot pay the government employees anymore. They cannot pay the pensions anymore. So it's like a whole massive train wreck. And so it failed in 108 days. The, the president of Nigeria was wiped of the of the political map in the in the very next elections in the first election since intro, introduction of this uh, CBDC and the governor governor of the central bank ended up in prison wow okay they arrested him and now I, I i'm not sure if he's still in prison but he was arrested then he was released for a few days after i think he was in prison for 7 days then they released him but then they rearrested him and the last thing, last this was in June of this year. And last thing I heard, he was still in prison. But you know, somebody told me that he was since released, but I'm not sure that he was. So the whole thing was a failure. And now, you know, obviously the best know-how and the best technology that was at disposal of the World Economic Forum and the IMF and all these, you know, ghouls, obviously didn't do what they hoped it would do. And now they lost confidence, you know, and not only that, but it's going to very be very difficult for them to persuade another government and another central banker to try to do the same because, you know, who wants to lose the next election and which central bank government wants to risk uh, going to prison? And, you know, in some countries, they might get a death, death sentence for, for doing stuff like that. So it's going to be very, very difficult for them to regain credibility. Uh, obviously, this Nigeria story hasn't been publicized a lot. And, you know, like I, when I published my article, I had people write back, you know, the feedback was, oh, my God, you know, like I'm a, I'm, I, 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 I like read everything. I read the news all the time. <coughs> I never heard of this Nigeria case. How is that? Well, obviously, they're trying to make it go away because it's massively embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. And it's also making the whole idea of these CBDCs extremely unattractive to everybody. So I, I you know, Christian, I don't, I don't think this is going to happen anytime soon. So, you know, it's, I think it's very good to be a handyman and I think it's very good to <laughs> connect with your community and to uh, be uh, useful to your community. I think that's that's probably one of the most important ways in which you know any one of us can have it easier through a crisis that is obviously coming our way. But I think that CBDCs are not going to be the major part of the problems that we're going to be facing. Yeah. I, I also can do a sports massage. That's another thing I'm qualified in. Lot, lots well, of qualifications. Can, can do lots of things, man. Um, I can sing lullabies, whatever you need. 
<clears throat> but um, no, it, it the the what you said about software in general, because I've worked in the software industry as well. It is the literally the like, and we talked about this before about AI and what a flop that is gonna be is, and and it already is, you know. But um, yeah, it's the the thing about so if you look at the body, it's a complex system, but it's a self-regulating system. Yes, there's a lot of inputs and outputs that you can modulate, and uh, but if you look at the systems they're building, they're not complex they are complicated and in 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 there lie the seeds of its their own destruction because if you if you demoralize the people or you you know take their freedom away eventually they're just going to give up uh following your your orders your plans and like the whole they they think they're going to have robots executing this these these plans for them but i i think all that stuff with those robot dogs and whatever i think a lot of that is just scaremongering scaring the people into compliance oh yeah oh yeah whereas go go ahead yeah those robot dogs are are also a good example i mean that's a like that's a such a dumb thing i mean you know it has to be charged it has to have a battery yeah, exactly. It's so vulnerable you can to throw a blanket tech. over it. You can throw a blanket over this. You can throw a thing. blanket. You can spray paint <clears throat> the, the sensors. I mean, like there's so many, there's so many different things that you can do. And they keep spending these billions and billions on, on, on solutions that are so complicated, such overkill, so unnecessary. Yeah. Because I think the whole system is predicated on spending large amounts of money on 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 pipe dreams, on unicorn Bureaucracy ideas. Bureaucracy as well. Yeah. And yeah. And you know R and D. Yeah. And one of my favorite <laughs> somebody told me this that apparently when when NASA was uh when NASA was preparing their astronauts to go into space, then one of the one of the problems that they had is that you know the pen, the, the classic pen, doesn't really work yes. un, unless there's a gravity. Gravity, you know, that, that, yes, yes, that makes the ink go down. Yes, so NASA spent like a million dollars developing a pen that works in gravity-free environment. <laughs> the Russians took a pencil. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's not because the Russians are clever and Americans are stupid, but because in the United States and 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 in the West collectively, mm-hmm. all these bureaucracies are strongly inclined to spend a lot of money. It's just spend because you know, like if you don't spend all of your budget, the next year your budget might be smaller. Oh, so yeah. people are like spend all this money on like invent. And then, you know, when people who want money, who want grants and, and funding for their R and D and projects, then they come up with these fantastic ideas. And, you know, the bureaucrats in power think like, Oh, cool. I guess I could spend money on this. And I was like, here's money, develop a, a weightless pen for a million dollars. Because if you say like, well, we can just go with the pencil. Then like, no, 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 no. We have to spend money <laughs> Yeah, man. And so uh, you know, we end up 
we end up with a lot of silly stuff like robot dogs and and these even these you know like there was a big thing about a couple of years ago if you remember when Amazon and DHL and UPS they all got on this bandwagon about drones delivering parcels yeah do you remember that that was yeah. going to be a big thing she's going to order something and a drone is going to just drop it on your on your on your driveway yeah did you receive any any parcels by drone this was 10 years ago by the way <laughs> maybe longer <laughs> you yeah. never saw that right it just went away but yeah. they spent hundreds of millions of dollars on that maybe billions i don't know And do you think those are clandestine sort of military operations test you know research like NASA was doing for rockets and whatever else i I wouldn't give them that much credit you know that would be too clever um, <laughs> I, I kind of don't think so but you know it's probable that the military is paying attention to all these things and if if by some mistake they develop something clever then you know they yeah they're gonna get their claws into it sure and then i also you know like i'm following this guy with uh you know this 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 this, this jet man i forget what it's called you know, there's this guy who always has stuff on linkedin and elsewhere where it's it, I, i think this is a british military development but he has these jet engines in his arms and on his legs and then he flies for real nice and wow. it works And I actually saw them once here. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in Monaco and they were, they were doing those exercises uh, uh, over the sea. You know, wow. He, he, he was flying around or, or somebody was flying around in that thing. Amazing. Well, you know, honestly, that would be so useful if you somehow were able to grow a third and a fourth arm. Because, you know, when you're, when you're flying with that thing, both of your arms are... Are busy what are you going to shoot a gun with so you know what's the point of, of and then they say like oh yeah it will be very useful for rescue in the mountain because you can fly up to you know whoever needs rescue yeah well and and then what are you going to do how are you going to bring them down i mean it doesn't matter just so long as we get to spend a lot of money and 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 pretend yeah, that dude, we're creating how this, many you know, how many products are there and they're telling you oh it's like Elon Musk's Neuralink and oh with this thing like the four people on earth that have like a very debilitating condition where they can't like move or or, or speak or something those four people will, will, will be better off with this technology that neuro um, uh, Elon Musk is developing out of you know the goodness of his heart and all of these technologies yeah you know it's The, the your mobile phone even if you turn it off it can still communicate with the cell tower but that's just in case you get lost in the woods and or up in the mountain and we need to track you down it's for your for your safety it's like yeah sure you spent <laughs> kajillion dollars putting these things into <laughs> our phones because you just case. want to make sure i'm okay <laughs> you want to make sure i'm out in the woods a bear hasn't mauled me to death you want to hear me hear yeah, my heart they want, beat they, they want to rescue you before anything <laughs> goes wrong yes i know it's very convincing thanks samsung from korea too you're gonna fly over from korea on, on a jetpack and rescue me? oh i don't know how they're gonna coordinate yeah, that yeah. 
And then, yeah, and, and you know, I could go on because I keep, you know, I'm like, I love technology, but I love technology that's genuinely useful, that's simple to use, that's easy to maintain, that doesn't break the day the warranty expires, and that somebody can fix. Because, you know, like nowadays, whatever you buy, the day it starts functioning. All you can do is throw it away and buy a new one. Yeah. I'm I'm tired of that. I, I don't so you know like I use the minimum that I that I use and for everything else mm. if it has to if it has to be plugged in an outlet, I'm not interesting unless unless it's essential, you know. So yeah. I you know, I, I had a coffee machine, I threw it out, I used the you know, the the old Italian mocha Thing, oh yeah, yeah. You know that. Used to love those. Yeah, it works forever. It makes great coffee, much better. These, you mm. know, all these wireless devices. Yeah, never mind. I bought my kids a hover a hoverboard. You know. Oh wow! I got snookered into buying that because it kind of looks cool <laughs> when you see them. And my kids wanted one, so I was like, okay, fine. Christian, it didn't last five months. Jesus, bro. And after five months, it wouldn't charge anymore. And Ridiculous. there's no way to fix it. You got to get the new model. So you have to get a new one. Yeah. But anyway, you know, I, I, I think that even, even this part of our evolution and development is going to go in a better direction now because I think that people are starting to realize that this is you know, this is no way to go. You know, you need, you need things that work and you need things that work reliably and that you don't have to worry about whether whatever company is selling this thing, if they go bankrupt tomorrow, that you're screwed and no way to replace, no way to repair, no way to buy uh, spare parts. And I think that the entrepreneurship of the future is going to be not complicating things, but simplifying things, you know? Oh, yeah. Catering to real needs with reliable solutions. Yeah, dude, it really, it's just since I've had a kid, this has been such a bane in my life, but all the children or most of the children's toys being plastic and these products, not only are they creating fields all around us, everything plugged in, like I, I actually... I'm not a gadget guy, but I do have um, an EMF meter. So yeah, I measure. I have one too. I, yeah. So I measure, like when I was setting up my office here, I want to be far because there's, you know, devices plugged in for work, um, chargers, everything else. I wanted to make sure I'm far enough from the field. And, you know, <clears throat> just the way we, even we build houses, I remember my wife was having severe insomnia last year and she was after the breastfeeding and messed up her her circadian rhythm and she was so sensitive so sensitized that i measured around her head where she sleeps and a plugged in lamp that wasn't even on was creating a field where her head was on the pillow and i unplugged that lamp and it improved her her sleep improved right so these things people think oh you know these invisible 
these invisible EMFs, are they in the room right now that you're talking about? It's, <laughs> it's fucking radiation, man. It's radiation. Yeah, yeah. And it's we're constantly being exposed to a natural light, uh, uh, blue light at night, not enough light during the day, electromagnetic fields of various kinds. And the and then everything we touch, all, the, all our devices are fucking plastic. And everybody yeah. has has been sort of led into believing that now my bottle is BPA, therefore it's safe. But most people don't know that BPA, it's bisphenol A, A is in alphabet, A is in A, B, C, D, bisphenol S is what they use now a lot in bisphenol F. So there's an alphabet of very similar compounds and these ones that are replacing the old ones, the BPA, are, are actually in some experiments shown to be even more toxic mm. and um, hormonally disrupting to the thyroid, to, uh, testes, you know, uh, estrogen, testosterone, metabolism, all the stuff. So, and my kid being exposed to these things, it was, it was really painful because I, I, we can't just use puzzles and blocks of wood kids like you know pianos and keyboards and things that make noise that you want to throw out the window so it's a i really hope you're right that we move to the future of um, you know just si simplicity but beauty as well like if you look at old stuff bro like, like there's an antique shop here nearby and every time we stop when we go because i i'm just marveling at the exquisiteness of stuff made by you know simple people with no technology you know simpletons and just if you look at how they worked metal and wood bro if you put a, a chisel or like a some tool to for woodworking in the hands of most people today they, they were just going to butcher that block of wood or whatever you give them you know people yeah. had skills and the, the things were beauty and i remember max egan was talking about that when they were building buildings back in the day it's not like beauty was an added extra, but beauty was considered a function. So you're not just making a functional building, a room with walls, a window, whatever else. It has to be beautiful because it serves a function, which is quite um quite an interesting way to look at it. Yes, yes. I think I think uh, that's very important. Well, wasn't it Dostoevsky who said beauty would save the world? And I think that we have to move in that direction. We have to consciously put beauty into things that the surround, you know, a home is where you spend most of your life. So if you, the, the most precious time in your life you spend in your home, you know, the time you share yeah. with your family, shouldn't it be beautiful? Shouldn't you be surrounded by beautiful objects, not crap, you know, not like cheap crap produced somewhere yeah. for 10 cents from plastic and God knows what. By children. So by I, I absolutely children. agree. And then we have to, you know, we have to uh, revive all those skills. And, you know, they can be revived. I mean, you know, we, if we had them, if we had them a few generations ago, then we can bring them back. Yeah. And so I think that we have to, we have to move in that direction again. And we can. We'll have no choice when the electricity stops, right? Well, I, I I don't think that the electricity needs to stop. I mean, you know, maybe it won't stop. But regardless, you know, it doesn't mean that we have to, you know, just because we have electricity that we have to now mass produce junk. Yeah. We can still 
you know, build beautiful things. And, you know, I just saw uh, recently a YouTube clip about some Italian guy, some guy in Italy, who exactly, you know, in, in this line of thinking, thought like, well, how come people made these extraordinarily beautiful marble sculptures and today we don't anymore? So he himself, I don't know if, if he was self-taught or somebody instructed him, but he himself, you know, devoted himself to making sculptures out of marble and they're absolutely beautiful. And that's just one guy on his own, his own initiative. And so, you know, all of those, all of those things, you know, carpentry and calligraphy and painting and sculpting and writing music and, you know, writing books and stories and dramas and all of that stuff, you know, we have that in us. If we, you know, invest time and energy and passion into it. And then it can all come back. And it yeah, will, and, I think. And to, to be able to do that, you need to be in a fairly low stress environment. I think if you look at um, the Renaissance, it was a relative time of peace. And I think maybe that's probably one of the biggest reasons that the stuff achieved during that period could happen. It wasn't during time of <clears throat> black death, uh, pestilence or whatever, the plague, <laughs> uh, you know? So I think we're purposely being uh, put into a stress state by all the things we do, you know, having yes. to work for a living, traffic, news, uh, fashion, uh, movies. Just look at the kind of movies people watch, man. I, who would want, like, listen, not judging. I, I never li even liked to watch uh, films in general. But the last thing I would put on is a hor horror, some type of scary movie. Why in the hell would you want to add extra stress on yourself when you're already stressed beyond anything, something like your grandparent or especially your great-grandparent could imagine? That's how we're living, like, cortisol levels uh, stress hormones are through the roof in our society yes and and now in addition to all that uh, we're being absolutely absolutely saturated with with the horrors of war with you know political leadership that, that, that they all seem like uh, they all seem like lunatics in charge of our future and so obviously that's that's making people anxious. And then, you know, for some magical reason, some dark magic, it seems that making a living is coming, becoming harder and harder for everybody. How, why is that? Why should that be? You know, we're phenomenally productive. The, you know, the earth is still growing crops and, you know, we can still uh, raise animals and fish and, you know, make stuff. Why is it that it's getting harder and harder to um, to have a good life and to afford nice things? Isn't that strange? Because the and world then... is overpopulated, Alex, of course, and the global warming, of course. Ah, yes, the climate change. Yes, you're right. I forgot about that one. Yeah, it's because of the overpopulation and climate change. That's why. Yes. And Cal But then farts, also, Cal you know, uh, we have democracies, right? So... We should be able to have things that we want in life, right? 
most people don't want war. Most people want, you know, safe neighborhoods, good education for their children, nice schools, libraries, parks, clean streets, uh, right? Low crime. They don't want war all the time. They don't want war at all. Most people don't want any war at all. Yeah. But somehow, in spite of us having democracies, all of these nice things that we want, we can't have them, but we get war all the time and we get rising crime and our streets are filthy and the infrastructure is falling apart. Why, why and, is it? I mean, you know, you can... And, why, and also, why is none of these compounds being used in plastics and all these products? Why is there never one that's been isolated that has a positive effect on human metabolism like it will enhance brain function reduce anxiety how in the <laughs> hell are they all freaking deleterious yeah How's that's that strange happen? that's very very strange and uh, i think that that is also one to think about because it's you know i have for a very very long time been avoiding altogether all products that come from large corporations, you know, like Nestle and Unilever and yeah, Procter yeah. & Gamble, things like this. Sure. And and why? So my ex-wife and I have tried for a very long time to have children. And it took us eight years. Wow. And in those eight years, you know, we've we've done a lot of research. We've read a lot of stuff. And, uh, and at, at some point, I started suspecting that they're deliberately poisoning the supplies, you know, that they're deliberately injecting these things that, you know, that cause you hormonal imbalances and this and that. And, and then, you know, at one point, mm. we, we completely cleaned up our diets and I, we took out all of those, you know, like shampoos, head and shoulders and Col Colgate toothpastes and everything and replaced them with, you know, small production, organic mm -hmm. things. And then, and then eventually we did conceive, but you know, yeah, it makes you wonder, it makes you wonder, you know, why are we, why are we surrounded by toxins? Is this just a random accident of things or is it, um, uh, you know, is it, is it part of the depopulation agenda? I don't That's know. That's it. And so many of these things are actually estrogenic as well, <coughs> which uh, wrecks not just, obviously, not just female, but male health as well. Yes, yes. So, and what's interesting, uh, because in my new book that I'm writing at the moment, what is even more fascinating is how does almost everything that becomes mainstream, even health-wise, seem to be a freaking, basically a scam. Basically, it does the opposite of what it's supposed to do. Now the big, the older age is the fasting or, and the intermittent fasting. And that is actually, when you scrutinize it more deeply, that is actually quite harmful to the body. It's actually quite stressful. And oh, low carbohydrates, right? yeah, low carbohydrates, ketogenic diets, very stressful to the body. Intense exercise, very stressful to the body. So many things. Um, and then we're demonizing sugar and carbohydrates when the first thing, when you go into, like, let's say uh, you have an accident, 
you're uh, hospitalized, the first thing they do is put you on a glucose drip, right? So we, we're demonizing sugar, we're demonizing carbohydrates, and like your body, you will fall into a coma and die if you if you can't maintain your blood sugar, even for like a minute. Well, you will fall into a coma if you can't maintain it, and then you'll soon die if you can't, you know? So it's that well, important. Well, okay, I... I, I have some experience with this because I've, in 2007, I discovered that I had this, a thing called chronic inflammation. Right. What markers and, did they test? Sorry? What markers did they test to identify that? They, nobody tested anything, Christian. I, I figured that out by doing my own research mm -hmm. and then... I found a thing online called Diagnose Me. It's some kind of a some kind of an expert system that you know you pay them something twenty thirty dollars whatever it is, and then they run you through a questionnaire of I think three or four hundred questions. They ask you everything about everything, and then they after after a couple of days you get a you get a, a report on your health. Right. And uh, in my case, the report came back saying that I have chronic inflammation, 100%. And uh, it said that the only way of treating chronic inflammation is through nutrition. And so uh, through further research, I found that, you know, the, the, the number one generator of inflammation is sugar and alcohol. And... Uh, white white grains you know refined grains white bread white pasta white rice all of that and so what i did is that i i radically changed my my diet so i, I completely threw out sugar i threw out white grains and i focused on fresh vegetables fresh fruits and um and organ only organic uh, meat, yeah, fish, and uh, fruits. And eggs. Fruits have sugar. Sorry, fruits have sugar though. Fruits have sugar. Yes, well, fruits have sugar. So, let's say that that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking less... about eating white sugar. I'm not talking about eating white okay. sugar. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm just. I know people. People think when you say carbs, they mean they probably think you mean generally pa pasta and white bread. And when you say sugar, they mean table sugar but i i eat now i mostly eat honey and uh, some fruit and you know lactose from milk and i honestly don't think sugar is causing inflammation um it can be I, it can be in my case christian it's very obvious yeah. it's 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 very obvious to me because when i changed my diet my my health state changed spectacularly in the space of two weeks Mm -hmm. So, like, I had a whole series of symptoms that I thought were normal, that they were just part of the way my body worked. They all went away. <laughs> Everything went away. Yeah. I felt literally like I got a body of a 24-year-old back again. <laughs> I could go and have a very intense workout, you know, a squash game, a football game, whatever. And the next day, I felt no consequences. And then... You know, I can, I can, I, I have certain reactions that I 
notice immediately. You know, for example, dandruff. Mm-hmm. I was part of part of the way I was. I always had a little bit of dandruff here or or here. You know. Yeah. yeah. And so when my diet is clean, it goes away. Mm. If I eat some cookies, or even if I eat like dried fruits, which I, I used to think that maybe dried fruits would be okay, you know, like dried figs, dried a- apricots, comes right back. <laughs> like I, I, I see it almost almost immediately. <clears throat> so I, I've also noticed that honey is okay. Honey, I can have honey and I don't see consequences, but sugar it immediately comes to me and i even tried you know i tried things like uh like um raw maple syrup you know grade yeah. c maple syrup yeah. doesn't work it i i get an inflammatory reactions right away so i had to throw that out as well but honey mm-hmm. honey i can i can eat with with uh, you know and and it doesn't it doesn't yeah. cause any any symptoms to return it sounds like you might have <laughs> some underlying gut dysbiosis potentially with candida overgrowth uh it could be it could be uh i i, I know that some years ago i probably picked up like uh, some kind of a fungal infection you know which is you know somewhere yeah flowing somewhere around my body and then you know like if my immune system is down i i i, I feel that there's something Yeah. But generally, you know, it's the the more I keep my diet clean, the more I avoid uh, white, ki- you know, refined carbo- carbohydrates and sugar. Yeah. The better it is. And then, yeah, yeah bro, that's fruit, so important. Fruit, fresh important. fruit is fine. Dried fruit doesn't work. Anyway, you know. So, it, it, yeah, it looks like you also might be reacting to the, the histamine. In the fr- in the dried fruit, so definitely sounds like some type of gut stuff. I, I can I can give you a nice cleansing protocol if you want. If you have a few minutes after we can talk, I can give you sure. a gut protocol that okay actually it it can really clear up once pe- most people are actually not most people but many many people are living with some kind of imbalance and a, a quick spring cleaning. People start to tolerate foods more. Some people start sleeping better, just have better overall functioning. So it's it's dude. I do it twice a year. I do every <coughs> every spring and every autumn. And uh, even now, I started my kid on the anti-parasite protocol. I do. Uh, even my dog is getting this really nice uh, anti-parasite protocol. It's just it, it's like farmers always knew they have to deworm their animals every year. Think some farmers do it twice a year and we used to do that as well it's just another one of those things that we've lost with our over medicalized over structured you know protocols that only treat symptoms as opposed to preventing things from happening in the body yeah yeah yes i i i agree with right, that Alex. yeah tell us if you want Tell us what you're working on. What can we expect from you in the future as we wrap up today? Oh God, I, I'm I'm working on a lot of things. Um, I'm well. One of the one of the smaller things that I'm working on, but it's uh, it's kind of important to me. Is I've been I've been writing an article about how the war in Ukraine came came about, where it originate, 
where it originated, how it got escalated, and what is the what, you know like what is the broader broader uh, agenda and the broader uh, context of it. I uh, I wanted to make it a very condensed, very you know packed article. I thought I was gonna you know have a three to five page thing. Now I'm at page 24, and I, I, I still don't see the light at the <laughs> end of the tunnel. But it's a very important story oh, because yeah. this, you know, the the flow of history actually bent around that war, and it bent in ways that are absolutely dramatic. That you know, the con- this is going to be a big one for in in the history books in the future. And then you know I'm 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 also working on uh, on a couple of other things. Uh, I, I'm planning to restart my my YouTube channel. That is, you know, like I haven't posted anything in over a year, which is terrible because this was one of the things on my New Year's resolution. <laughs> I haven't gotten around. It's been, well, it's been make so it nice. next year, bro. Listen, don't even bother, Alex. Don't even bother. They're gonna shadow ban you, bro. What what's oh, the point? They, yes, I, I apparently somebody told me that I was already shadow banned on Twitter. Ugh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised, man. But it doesn't thought, look, if you do criminal. it on YouTube, if you just mirror it on other platforms, you're a thought criminal. Just do it, mirror it on uh Rumbo and the other ones, and then just when people come on YouTube, just tell them or have a thing and a banner just telling them about all the other platforms you're on. So at least yes. you get some, some people moving on there because, you know, I post videos that nobody views now. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking. So what, yeah. what you, you think that Rumble is the best? I, I'm i not really on. I mean, I, I have a couple of Rumble channels, but I think it's, it's a good one, yes. Uh, but they're a public company, so... I Odyssey as well is good, but I wouldn't trust uh, anybody anyway. And you know, when a public, uh, when a company becomes public, like Rumbo, not nothing against the company. Uh, they look great. Uh, Rockfin also look looks great. But you just nowadays, if something becomes big enough, yeah, yeah, yeah I wouldn't put all my eggs in one basket. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think yes. Rockfin. They only accept Rockfin. Only accept you know, people with a substantial following. So maybe that would be the best one for you. Uh, Sam mm-hmm. Tripoli is on there. A lot of the guys are on there. They can help help promote your channel. It would be pretty cool if you did that, bro. Yeah, cool. No, I, you know, I, I have no illusions. I, I know that, you know, I, I heard from, from other content creators, they said that there's no, there's absolutely no censorship on Rumble. But of course, you know, if Rumble becomes big enough and successful enough, then, you know, they're going to force them. <clears throat> they always, they, you know, yeah. you get that tap on the shoulder and, you know, remember what happened to Parler? Parler became... Sort of. Parler became a very popular alternative to Twitter. And then they destroyed it. They simply destroyed them because they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't go along with censorship. And now they, I, I don't know if it even exists. I think it exists, but nobody goes there because the whole point was having, you know, having the ability to speak freely. But anyway, you know, that's fine. <clears throat> so yeah, long we as we're able to squeeze us. out the truth yeah. and push it out there and, you know, keep the open discourse going, because I think that, 
the you know the truth will make us free and i think that the way for us to um to prevail in this struggle is to simply speak out research analyze try to understand what's going on share it discuss it pick up in information and wisdom from other people who do research and i think that collectively we're going growing smarter we're go, growing much much more difficult to manipulate and and yeah. to push into these insane imperial projects and i think that for as long as we do not capitulate and succumb we win yeah they know they know they can demoralize you to the state where you become reach learned helplessness and then you know your putt in their hands so they're gonna keep pushing but yeah, yeah to... they're, they're trying they're trying everything they can to demoralize us and i think that we must not let them and i want to finish on that note you know because i i, yeah. I really want to share this because you know this this is exactly the time of of you know profound distress and 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 and, and profound sadness about things that are going on in the world and uh, I just, you know, always go back to that Confucius thought that when a large tree falls, it falls with great noise and destruction. But seeds, they grow in silence. Creation is silent. And so what we're observing in the world today is exactly the collapse of the old systems and that is creating a lot of this noise and and destruction but at the same time you know there's you know hundreds of millions of us billions of us who are those seeds and i think that for as long as we cultivate the seed that we are by growing wiser and better informed and braver and more daring uh, we are moving the world in the right direction. So we shouldn't be mesmerized and, and captivated by, by all this destruction. We need to continue doing what we're doing. We need to continue speaking out, not complying with idiotic mandates and, 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 and rules and regulations, and just simply claim our birthright. We have the right to be here. We have the right to travel. We have the right to free speech, not because somebody gave it to us, but because it is our birthright. Nobody has the right to take it away. So we don't wait and ask for anybody's permission. We just claim it by doing it. You know, if I want to say something, I just say it, right? And so we have to keep on doing that, put one foot in front of the other. And there's a hell of a lot more of us than there is of them. And all of this mess that they're creating is smaller in power orders of magnitude smaller in power than the growth and the creation that we can, you know, engender bottom up. Beautifully said, bro. Beautifully said. I know I said it last time. <clears throat> I remember, but I will, I will repeat it one more time in case now is the right time. I told you before, if you want, I can help set you up with the Zencaster teach you how to create an account, create a podcast, 
and literally you can record whether you want to record video or not you can record post produce and publish within minutes of finishing recording you can have a platform instead of writing long ass articles that people will read and forget 20 minutes later you can do a podcast bro if you want you know if you want to set up that platform that's another cool thing because you can you will have a lot of content well again video or not if you want to do video of you just talking about subjects that you're passionate about at the moment then you have a video that you can upload to to YouTube Rumble whatever else it's so easy it's so fast um i don't i don't write articles anymore you know what i do i record something about a topic that i i want to talk about i then cr- create a page on my website with the name you know why i you know why i don't eat nuts and seeds or grains and then i paste that video in embedded it's on the podcast it's on the website instead of an article people don't read as much as before they listen they watch so anyway just saying it alex in case you need help in case you want in case you feel like it's a time maybe your new year's resolution will be to start a podcast keep that in mind bro maybe it's going to be 2024 and if not then definitely 2025 <laughs> <laughs> we have to align with the stars. All right, Alex, let the listeners know about your books and um your services and where they can find you, Twitter, all that stuff. I'm easy to find on on Twitter, on X. Uh, my handle is @nakedhedgy. Uh I write a Substack, Alex Craner's Trend Compass. And um my books, yeah, I I I wrote 3. two of them are on uh, you know risk management investing trading commodities stuff like that and uh, both of them are f- available as free downloads from my website isystem-tf.com that's isystem trend following and the reason why they're free is not because they're crap because one of them was awarded as the number one best book about commodities for investors and traders for 2021 and 2022 the reason why i'm giving them away as free downloads is because freaking amazon deplatformed me stole all my royalties for 3 years and then continued selling one of my books for $900 a, a copy was absolute pirates and i you know like what do i do so i i just put both my books both my uh, business titles on my website free of charge because i i just cannot stand that Amazon you know first they rob me and then they you know sell my stuff to to people and cut me out i mean that's that's just yeah. outrage anyway and then my third book which is a geopolitical treatise about the relationship between russia and uh, and the west called the grand deception is available unfortunately only from the pages of the red pill press because also amazon banned the book already in 2017 Jeez. because it contains stuff that you're not supposed to know <laughs> yeah that's about that Red and then compass. you know for yeah. people who trade who invest they can check out my uh trend compass newsletter it's a it's a trading i generate trading signals through my trend following model and uh, that goes out every working day and uh one month is always free of charge and you know no no strings attached of any sort awesome well alex thank you so much bro this was fun chris 
it was all it was a pleasure as always and uh, until the next time yes <laughs>